cash trippin', pull up, beat the block like an ass whippin', stash box, keep the stash in it, racks in it, bought that bitch a fashion overdress, just to see her ass in it. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to another episode of the Shoot Your Shot Podcast. I am your host, C. Diddy, a.k.a. Kyrie Curving, a.k.a. Diddy Hendrix, a.k.a. Diddy Escobar. To my left is my co-host, as always. It's me, niggas. <laughs> What's up? How you been? <sighs> she goes open her store today. Who, who did what? Shingo. Who was that? This entrepreneur in Cincinnati, but oh. she opened her new store. So the old, the OTR corporate mm-hmm. is now the location of her new shoe-teak. Ah, got so it. I was looking at that. Okay, okay. Shout out, shout out to her. Shout out to her. Shout out to her. How was your weekend? It was cool. Do anything of note? I was tired all weekend. From like, autumn dates. <laughs> no. I Friday night, I ended up staying out until 3 in the morning. And then I went to work at 9.30, worked to 5, got off. Well, okay, technically I went on two dates, but they were both with the same person, so it doesn't matter. I went on a date Friday, and then I hung out with friends after the date, then ended up being out until 3 in the morning. Then went to work from 9.30 to 5, then met up with the same person Saturday, had dinner, met up with my friends, and then from there went to a kickback. I skipped out on a baby shower. I was supposed to go there, but I, I was too tired for the baby shower. Skipped out on the baby shower? First of all, I got invited the day before, so I don't feel bad. Fuck them kids. <laughs> yeah, I'm not in a last word, minute. In the words of Michael Jordan, fuck them kids. Yeah, you can't really invite me things last minute and expect me shot. Um, then went to a kickback, which turned into whatever that was. <laughs> and then went to the Halloween party where I proceeded to sit in a chair and be tired the entire time I was there so hmm. was the kickback like did it take the last little bit of energy you had like what happened no I was tired before the kickback I was tired when I got off work and met somebody for dinner I should, literally should have got off work and went home and went to bed but look at you out here being fast yeah but I had a productive meeting on Sunday <laughs> God, I'm still tired, clearly. And I have some exciting news to share with you all soon. But the date is November 18th, and that's all I can say for now. All right. All right. So, all right. So, I was not in town this weekend. I was um, in Hocking Hills, Ohio, um, celebrating my friend's birthday. Shout out to Kyle. Celebrating my friend's birthday and his uh, and Halloween with, you know, 20 of our closest friend so to speak um you so i think sometimes we get into this urban bubble right where we don't understand how people don't see the way see the world how we see the world in the city right and so for those who don't know driving from cincinnati to hocking hills is pretty much nothing but back roads for there's like 71 doesn't really take you there like directly, um, there's no real direct route. It's back roads for the for the most part of it. Um, and driving through these back roads, going to and coming from, I started to understand why Trump got elected. 
because the, the reality that we have in the city, the urban part of America, and the reality that is in the rural part of America is two different realities. Um, and that kind of, and so mind you, I made sure I wasn't driving to either to or from at night because a couple of those places look like sun downtowns where I did not want to be caught when the sun was down. Um, and we even passed uh, a no trespassing sign on the way to the cabin. They had an AR-15 with a scope on it. And so it was one of those things where you you were constantly reminded that like, your life <laughs> is in danger if you make a wrong move. And this is before we even got there. Um, but once we got there, I mean, it was love. I mean, again, we celebrate birthdays. We celebrate accomplishments. They had me on the ox court all weekend. So literally I played. Literally I was responsible for 30, maybe 36 hours of, of music straight through. You know, no, couldn't, couldn't do too many wax songs. Otherwise, you know, people start getting mad at me. Um, so it was a good... It was a good time. Um, you know, I missed out on the Halloween festivities here, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, you didn't miss out on anything. I was like, it's not necessarily something I'm too, a- too, too distraught about, so to speak. But that's what I did this weekend. Um, first thing we can talk about. You want to talk about the Dr. Phil plant? A little, a little- I thought it was funny. Everything's funny now. <laughs> You've reached that point. What yeah, is everything's it? funny. It's supposed to go. What's the state? What's the states of bargaining? Is it like it's like denial, anger? Is it denial, bargaining, anger, sadness, acceptance? Mm. If someone, someone will correct me if I'm wrong. But you've reached, you've reached for every. I'm just laughing to keep from crying. Point of it now. Not even crying. Like, dude, you can't be serious at this point. I mean, her. I guess her sister. Okay, so those who don't know, those who aren't aware, let's 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 not assume everyone who's listening is aware. Um, the they, Dr. Phil, you know, has a habit for getting these very viral plants. Honestly, um, the Cash Me Outside girl, all that. And so this, how old is this girl? Do we know? Thirteen, I believe. All right, so the thirteen-year-old girl um, goes on the show, and for those who've ever, who've seen Atlanta, Atlanta, who seemed like the transracial. Uh, spot they had in Atlanta. She believes that she, she in Atlanta. Like no, the, the TV show. You don't watch. You don't watch TV. So. Right. So yeah, I'm, I'm lost. Those you know the for those who watch TV, the Atlanta show, the Atlanta show where they had like the transracial quote unquote kid. Um, and so that was kind of what she was on. She was talking about like I believe in like she was like internally Rachel Dolezal. Dolezal, but. It's more but a black girl. Yeah. Um, says like her hair was naturally straight, but it had mad heat damage and it was a silk press. Um, just talking. That just, was not. A, that was stiff. Stiff wear, bitch, everywhere. That shit was stiff AF. <laughs> um, and just kind of going on this like anti-black rhetoric on national television. I'm um, talking about like I like I'll never be like these Negroes, which makes for a great meme. <laughs> Makes for a great meme. <laughs> I, I told my mom I will never be like these speakers. <laughs> makes for a great meme. But that whole thing and then um <laughs> but yeah, her sister her sister kinda came out and told everybody like sh- like She lying like shit. Yeah, she don't believe that. Like people found her Facebook and like her Facebook is nothing close to what she said, so that was a hood boogers. 
Can you turn it down a little bit? Yeah. That was a hood boogers, uh, whatchamacallit, if I've ever seen it. Facebook? Facebook. Got the, got the custom font and the the misspelling of words. I mean, Shorty looked like a hood booger. Let's be honest with ourselves here. Shorty looked like she ain't hep. She looked like she wore a baby fat coat with the fake fur and ate hot Cheetos all day at school. <laughs> we were joking about that in our group chat today. <laughs> All of those girls who wore the baby fat hoodie and ate hot Cheetos are have definitely fought niggas, like in their life, and and half of them at least have one felony charge on them right, at this point. And you can't tell me different. Ain't even bring a book bag. Brought brought a purse, her hot Cheetos, and her baby fat coat. <laughs> That's what we're dealing with right now. But yeah, anything? Any other thoughts on that? I mean, surely don't. She, I mean, it's crazy what moral. It's crazy what money and morals combine and make, right? Because like, surely had to get paid for that, right? She had to get paid for her parents. So, and it's it's, it's funny because we always talk about like, if you if you didn't have a morals, what could you do for money? And one of those things is like, you know, certain people feel like they would be a sugar baby if they you know, could stomach or whatever the case may be. It's just funny for me. It's like, what are you willing to, what are you willing to do? What are you willing to sell your soul for as far as monetary value is concerned? Cause you already got maybe 15 minutes of fame. And this is a 2018, 15 minutes of fame, which is like, you were funny for like two and a half days for and what did you lose to gain that quick notoriety is, is kind of my question. Sucks to be her because she's black. She ain't gonna get famous like that other girl. Eh. They're not gonna surround her. Who who's they? The people that she wants to make her famous. It's not gonna like that. Catch me outside, girl. It lasts because she's white. So you're white being a caricature of a black person. When you're black trying to imitate a white, it's not gonna ring bells like it does if you're like a white person doing it. So she's not. What she just thought she was going to get of this, she'll be dead in, like... She's already dead. Literally nobody's going to care. I just hope the check was worth it. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, the check was not worth it. So. Any of your thoughts before we uh go to the next topic? No. All right. Do you want to talk about the bridal party thing I sent you or Brittany Runner? Do we care about Brittany Runner? Let's we start there. We do not care about Brittany Runner here so if we could not okay i didn't know i didn't know if we cared it's fun it's ironic but she's doing the same stuff that she like talks shit about other people about earlier in her career who her yeah because she was out she was one like career the moment that people started to notice that she was a thing i don't that's a i mean being an ig model is a career now like it's a career people no i'm not saying it isn't (laughs) but um yeah, she started. She was the one like I don't have to do X, Y, and Z to get noticed. People just notice me because of who I am. <laughs> a few years later, you out here writing a tell-all book <laughs> about every exploit that you done had in your life for some cash. Again, it's money and morals. It's like like what what? How much do your morals cost? And what are you willing? And how much is the price for you to for you to forget them? I mean. Um, in the words of Ted DiBiase, a, a, a famous wrestler, everybody has a price. So, all right. Speaking of price, this bridal party thing that I sent you for. So, for those who don't, I thought it was hilarious. Oh, listen, 
So I'm pulling so I'm pulling up the thing now. All right, so give me a second while I pull up. We ain't got to get internet in this here uh, thing. So this this woman, and I'm assuming the, the husband, the fiancé, was also part of this, or at least agreed to it, sent this out to, I'm assuming, her seven candidates. Congrats, you've made it to the final round of a bridal party brawl. Currently, there are seven players left and only four spots available. Here's the current lineup. It's like best man taken, maid of honor taken, uh, groomsman number one taken, bridesmaid number one, groomsmaid number two, bridesmaid number two, and bridesmaid number three, as well as flower girl, flower girl, all open, right? So, and so if this is any way to secure your spot in our wedding party, the following things will be required. A promise to host a party must be couples at a venue other than someone's house. Your wedding gift must be a cash or check of at least $500. You must buy me or whoever, depending on which side you're on, a day of gift of at least $100. You must attend every shower and or party that we have and will be required to purchase a gift for each one with a value of at least $50. You will sign a contract that holds you legally responsible for meeting all of our requirements and says if you don't... If you don't, you will be legally held to reimbursing us for the time wasted in the stress of causing problems. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> like, what, my nigga? Like, yo. Have you ever seen You have no, you ain't, ain't no way you've ever seen some shit like My this. friends are not crazy. Like, how out of touch with, you, with reality you. do you have to be to... To, to think that this is something you can get off is what I want to know, right? Like, not only do you have a a seven-person battle royale, Royal Rumble, but they got to do all of this in order to get the spot. Like, for those who, are, who have been married, because clearly I have never been married, those who have been married, c- c- talk to me when you hear this episode. It's, this can't be normal, right? This can't be normal. Talk to me. If, and, and for those who are thinking about getting married eventually, you know, Steph facilitates on whether she wants to get married by the hour. Um, I don't want to get married. Oh, you just want the ring. I forgot. Um, tell me if this is something that you would plan on doing to your bridal party. Have this Royal Rumble as a competition for gifts. So, any thoughts on this? Mm, no. Wow. That girl then lost her fucking mind. <laughs> Too bad. Too bad you aren't getting married, Steph. I can, you know, see if you could get this off with your friends. I, know I wouldn't fr- do something like that. I was like, I also know your friends. Your friends would all cuss you out. Um, <laughs> Every last one of them. Um, No. If I had ever walked down an aisle, it would literally be my two best friends, with her, which are both men, and my sisters in my bridal party. So, so it's easy. Hey y'all, pull up! <laughs> Here's it's the date. literally it's time again. Here's the date. All right. So I kind of wanted to discuss like a little bit further. We talked, we touched on like social media and like the comparisons and how we compare people's life. And a couple people hit me up wanting for us to kind of see if we can like talk about that, touch on it a little bit, elaborate, elaborate on it. Um, so I figured that'd be a good place to actually start. The uh, I guess serious part of this of this here podcast. 
this episode. So, um, I think for me, what's the question? I mean, I mean, the question is, it's like, Ugh, I am. Don't call me boo. It just makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> I feel like a lot of things make you uncomfortable that normal people wouldn't think make people uncomfortable. But um, I guess it's more so it's like talking about how did did social media exaggerate the problem of like comparing your life to others and or was this a problem that ha- that had existed be- prior to social media? I think it's the first question. It's an issue that existed prior to, but social media gave it the platform to excel. Well, what do you mean by, like, platform to excel? Like, elaborate a little bit on that for me. Literally, you log on social media, all you have are people giving their highlight reels, so all you have is to compare yours to somebody else's and then decide, like, oh, I need to be there with this person because they're doing X, Y, and Z, so I need to be doing X, Y, and Z. They bought the latest A, B, and C. I need the latest A, B, and C. It, like, keeping up with the Joneses has always been a thing, right? You've right. always heard that. So now that it's on social media, like, it's it's on a whole other level. It's not just, like, with the people within your intermediate, intermediate right. I think, circle. Right, and, and I think that's what it was. Because, like, beforehand, you were just limited to people in your town, right? Like, you could see, you know, your neighbor, if your neighbor had a, big, a bigger car or a bigger house, like... uh you, you know, wanted the bigger car in the bigger house. You remember, like Timmy, Timmy Turner's dad was like Dingleberg. Every time, like every time, like the Dingleburgers did some shit. He, he, you know, there was a neighbor. He got he caught some caught some feelings. I think this ties into um, a couple other things because with social media, our work, our our view has expanded. Um, I feel like social media has also contributed to an uptick in like wandering eyes as far as like like monogamy or like the lack thereof. As far as like, because it used to be, you know, and this is similar, but it's not. It used to be like, all right, if you're if you had a girl, you know, your quote unquote dating pool, or your quote unquote better option, was limited to girls in your town, or, or guys in your town. Like that's all you knew. So, you know, if you got the quote unquote prettiest girl in the town, you just got the prettiest girl, and that's like that's all you knew. But now with social media, I can look and see people. From all across the world, that that again, due to the highlight reel, may look better or may think they may portray themselves better than my partner or the person I'm talking to at the time. You start to get that grass is green is the grass green on the other side of thing, and I think that also can you know it ties in um, again. And I, but I also think technology in general has kind of hurt us with comparison theory. Because we are the microwave instant gratification generation. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Where, I mean, we've invented technology in order to make our lives as easy as possible and make shit as quick as possible. Like, like 20 years ago, you know, you had a, if you wanted directions, you had to go to MapQuest on dial-up and print out the directions and bring them with you or bring a map to go where you need to go, Right. Now, if every phone comes prepackaged with a GPS tracking line, and even it used to be where you had to get a GPS device, a Garmin or whatever the case may be, 
to, to, to have that GPS. Now, every single phone that is being sold in today's market comes auto-equipped with a GPS to not only track your location, but to direct you to where to go. And now we argue about which one is more efficient. I was like, ooh, girl, don't use Apple Maps. Apple Maps will take you wherever the fuck. Or, ooh, Waze tells you where, where the accidents and the police cars are. Or Google Maps is always, like, we have arguments over which one is better. And so that mindset of, like, I want to make my life as carefree and easy as possible comes with social, it comes in the comparison with ourselves as well. And, you know, I, it's morals and money again because we look at the people traveling. You know, I remember when you should be here, that type of thing got hot, right? And we look at the people traveling and it's like, oh, I need to be where we're at. That's how the pyramid scheme happened because people was like, I want to go to this fancy-ass locale for free. I don't know. I don't want to keep talking because I keep talking. You start zoning out, so I want to make sure. I'm listening to you. Um, You're just going on one of your rants. But that's why I'm trying to stop because you're trying to stop my rants because, you know, I want to be more efficient. Um, But it's like that comparison theory, I think. The technology is a, is a double-edged sword. I mean, we talked about this a little bit after we left, right? After we left the studio. Um, where we wouldn't... Technology is inherently good. Like, it's inherently made so many improvements in our day-to-day lives. Things that our parents or our grandparents wouldn't imagine... Couldn't have imagined to be possible are now commonplace. But because of that, we start to look for the next thing we don't live in the moment do you think that we don't live in the moment yeah i think some people do uh, like i wouldn't generalize that people don't i think we don't always live in the moment but i think people do at at times i think people could benefit from doing it more yes because if you but if you live in the moment would you have? Would you? Could you still have those comparison, those grasses green on the other side type of no, issue? No, because you'd be too invested to what's happening in your life in front of you. That's what, so. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. So it's like, if in order to kind of have those, in order to see that your neighbor's grass is greener, you have to not be focused on your own, right? Like you, I can't tell if you're. In order to perceive perceive okay words matter in order to perceive that somebody else got some better shit you have to not be looking at your own shit and so and i think oftentimes we are we have been conditioned to always look for the next thing right like you get a you get a a promotion at your job or whatever the case may be okay after a couple months you know people are telling you all right like what's your next move um, even when you're in school, it's like, okay, what, what do you plan on doing after once you graduate? Um, or like, if you've been, we don't, we even encourage people to move jobs as much as possible be, in order to maximize their pay. So I think all of the focusing on, okay, what's next, is the double-edged sword that 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 kind of forces us to start trying to compare our lives to other people's because I'm so focused on trying to figure out what's next. I then have to look, okay, who do people who are in my position, where are they at and what have they done next? And so that's when we start getting into the whole, Oh, person X got this car, this amount of money, this girl, this guy, 
why don't I have that? Does that make sense? Am I making sense? You're making sense. And I don't know how to, but the problem is I don't know how to stop it. I don't know how to, I don't know how we. You do a lot of comparing to others. Okay. (laughs) I mean, somebody could easily see that based off of the things that you put on your Instagram story. I think, I think. Part of it is my worldview. Like I try to, I try to not be so self-centered because I, I, I understand that the world doesn't revolve around me. Mm-hmm. And I think because I understand the world doesn't revolve around me, I try to, I try to look at things with a more of a, a wider scope when it comes to just everything, right? It's part of the reason it's hard for me to disconnect because I, I have a need for information. I need to know what's going on in order to better prepare myself. Um, And so I think because of that, I see how other people are living a little more frequently than maybe someone like you who who doesn't have the same issue as far as disconnecting. We've talked about why you've disconnected on here, right? When I didn't show when up for a couple of episodes? No, not 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 for episodes. I'm talking like more. That it kind of comes into that, but like the whole deleting your social media. <laughs> Depression. Yeah, and so was was that brought on by anything external? or Was that more internal? That- no, it's the same thing I've been dealing with all year. Like feeling. I think what started it out was. Feeling like I I set goals for myself in my personal life and I realized I have not met any of those goals. So then that went from, okay, I'm not meeting my goals to, oh, my goodness, but look at all these people and they're doing it. So what's the difference between them and me? And then like having such a high of last year where life was easy. Life was super easy last year compared to this year when it's like for every step you take forward, you took swear to God, this year was like 12 steps back and then just having to reassess and then just feeling disconnected from spirit. So it was just at some, like you start, you try things like you start going to therapy. Okay. I've been in therapy again since June, but it wasn't feeling like it was enough. Okay. Like you need to up your, your search for new jobs. I'm doing that, but this is the first time where I'm looking for jobs and no leads are coming, which is like, I'm understanding. I never knew a kind of experience. Right? Yeah, like I've never had difficulty finding new work ever in my life. Like it, it literally was always something like it would just manifest. Like any job I've had in my short adult life is because based off of a conversation, and then boom, I just had the job. Or even like my internships in college, it just happened. Like oh, I have interest in this. And then somebody would just connect me and then that person gave it to me. So this is the first time where I'm like, oh, like, all right, I just want a new job now. And I'm like doing it and I'm trying to find a job and it's not happening for me. (laughs) So it really took a toll on like my self-esteem. And then seeing all my friends are kind of like in this transitional phase where they're starting their careers and everything. And then it's me. And like, I know I take more of a creative route to what I want to accomplish in life. And creativity has a slower process. So it is a lot harder where you're like, okay, I'm doing these things, like slowly building these platforms and trying to figure this out. And you're hoping that it like comes to you and it's not, at least it's not coming as fast as you thought it was, whatever you thought was supposed to happen. So then I realized like 
what started out as like my own personal like trife of myself turned into me having like being compare comparing myself heavily to everyone around me and being like well fuck like <laughs> me too like I I want to be there too and it just wasn't happening for me so I had to back up like I had to log off the internet and it's helping I feel rejuvenated now from doing it for the last two months but I know I'm not exactly where I want to be so I'm not like I'm making a solid choice to not be active on it as much because it will take nothing for me to put myself back in that position of comparing myself to others it's kind of like I don't mean I don't mean this offensively. It's like an attic, right? Yeah. Like you like worry like that first sixty days, and like I know this because like unfortunately I have I have a couple of addicts who are close to me and my family. Um, so you see the signs, right? You see the whole um, the first sixty days or so, right? You know, it's like walking on eggshells because you don't want to trigger. You don't want to trigger anything that will make them relapse, right? And I think that's similar to from what to what you're going through. It's like I know that I'm better, but I I and correct me if I'm wrong. I know I'm better, but I don't necessarily think I'm at the point where I can continue living my old way and not revert back to my old lifestyle. Or I, like I can't I can't do the same shit I was doing before and not revert back to that dark place that I was before. Correct. Correct. Similar to kind of how like. If you're if you're going through AA, you're not just going to go to the bar, you know, and and just expect to not drink because you're not you're not too far removed from that lifestyle to be able to go back to those old triggers and continue to flourish. Mm-hmm. I guess my question to you then would be, what do you feel like this year has taught you as far as in conjunction with that, or in general? But like, what do you feel like this year has taught you? I don't think anything of this year was what I thought it was going to be. I think this year was more like a solidifying my foundation year than like a prospering year. Mm-hmm. And this like it's just ebb and flow, but it's harder when you're like you're in the ebb, not the flow. Got it. So it's not that I'm not moving and I'm not progressing and I'm not growing. It's just growth was looking different this year and it wasn't what I what I had pictured for myself. So what I've learned is like when to rely on people, how to ask for help, how to set up boundaries, and, like, how how to receive love, what love looks to me, looks like to me. And that, that means in all facets. And I don't think I actually came to that realization until, like, maybe this past week. Hmm. Okay. Um, I think you talked about, like, solidifying your foundation versus prospering, right? Um not to say that solidifying your foundation isn't prospering. It's just right. Like there's a, different different. Means. There's different types of renovations and expansions. Right. So some, you know, for those who are architecture people, and you know, sometimes when you when you renovate, you're you're expanding. You're building a new room. You're 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 making everything state of the art. And that's one. And that's a glamorous type of expansion that gets ribbon cuttings. Mm-hmm. Other times. You're, you realize there's cracks in your foundation. The basement's leaking. You know, in Texas, they they have to literally water their house because of how dry the soil is. If you if you if you don't like your foundation will shift because the house will shift because the soil was so dry it moves easily. But you have to make sure the foundation is whole because there's plenty of 
we call them McMansions, right? So, like, houses that are built really quickly for, to look glorious and glamorous, but they don't have the proper foundation to support the, the mansion-style house that lasts 10 years. And then you have to, you know, do a whole-scale rebuild because the foundation's shitty. And so I think that's what I'm hearing from you is like, hey, I thought I was going to be building a new room, like expanding, making everything more state of the art. Instead, I have to make sure that the foundation is good because if I did those renovations, it would have fell through. It would have fell through. Yeah. And I, um, okay. I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's hard to turn my brain off. Right. Like, it's hard for all of us. Like, that's hard. And so, like, that's part of the reason I don't get a lot of sleep at night sometimes. Because my mind, I'll be tired the entire day, right? Be ready to go to bed. Excited. Like, not texting back because I'm like, I don't want to even, because I'm going to go to bed. As soon as I hit my mattress, mind starts racing about a thousand different things. And that affects me. Is because combined, so my mind's always racing. I'm always thinking of things. Combined with the fact that I feel like I understand that the world isn't just me, and or I mean like the world isn't just like my purview, my view. This Cincinnati or whatever bubble ain't the world, and I think because I because I've been taught that this ain't the world, and I. That's where I start. I start seeing everything else. I see the good, the bad, the ugly, you know. And it's like it fucks with me because you get that so much information kind of coming in. You do, you don't necessarily know how to process it all. Mm-hmm. And and during my lowest points, that's when I isolate. Like I, I isolate. I don't text. Like I don't talk to people. Yeah. Um. Because I. I the problem is, because I, I still want to be informed, because I feel like information from me is is valuable. Do you ever stop, like, just take time to not take any in any? I've tried take in any information. Take, words are difficult. No, that's like try saying that five times fast. <laughs> it's like take in, in any, any information. information. You're gonna stumble. Um, I've tried it. I haven't. I think the longest I've lasted without social media. Since I've got it, like, and used it, like, it was, like, 48 hours. And, but and you I, know the craziest thing? Like, that whole idea of social media, like, we've been on some form of social media since, since like, 04. fourth grade. Yeah, like, since, like, like, since, like. No, since, like, 02. AIM, chat rooms, that's when it started. And, and all in the middle of the internet with strangers doing, you had no business talking to <laughs> fucking. Nothing. By fifth grade, I, what was Zanga it? Was Zanga popping? was yeah, popping. Zanga was popping. Niggas was on Black Planet. I'm like, Black Sis. Planet. What was the one? Was Black Planet the one you made the avatar on? Yeah. Yeah, so Black Planet had that. Got to middle school. It was like. MySpace was popping. MySpace was eighth grade, but seventh grade, it was like Zanga plus something else. There was some, some journal, some journal shit. Zanga was the journal Zanga, shit, Zanga but there was, was like it. something else besides Black Panther. There was a third one. Talk to us and let us know what we're missing because we're missing <laughs> something. I don't but know. then, like seventh grade, it was MySpace. By the end of ninth grade, it was Facebook. It was Facebook, and then after that, like by the time it was my 
junior, yeah, because my sister went to college and her freshman year, Twitter got started. So I got Twitter in my 2009. Mm-hmm. So that was my junior year of high school. Twitter I, used to connect to the MySpace. Like, you used to be able to connect your MySpace and your Twitter mm-hmm. and, like, and kind of like update both type shit. And then what wow. was it, 2011, 2012, Instagram came along? Yeah, I think it was 2000. Yeah, and, and it was only for iPhone users. Yeah. For like a couple years. Because I remember when I finally, when I, it was they finally got Androids and all the iPhone users was like, mm, y'all broke niggas coming to our gated community. <laughs> like, um, so yeah, so we've been. We've on, always been and we've instantly up, connected and, and, and we've and, grown and, up with And so it. that's where the disconnect is between, I think, our, our parents and us mm-hmm. because they're like what, what the f-? they're like looking at us like what the fuck are you like what the fuck is wrong with y'all like why can't y'all just you know what I'm saying like give it up right like that damn phone like my mom if you had better grades you was off but that damn phone you know what's crazy though is like now like our parents will still like try and joke and be like you always on your damn phones but you look at your parents they're doing the same exact thing mom See, my mom has found these Facebook. stickers. It, Facebook, yeah, it's just it's just Facebook, Facebook is ruining in the older generation because they don't know how to check to see if a website, an article, real. a link. They will. My mom will. Oh. My mom will send me something like, "Baby, have you heard about this?" Like, mom, that we've, is, we've debunked oh this. Oh my god, we've I can Well, literally, I deleted my Instagram instant, the Facebook instant messenger thing because my parents will literally just send me articles back to back. I'm like, that's not even real. You didn't even fact check that. It's not real. <laughs> I did, no, I deleted it for a while and I missed my ex tell, t- telling me happy birthday for Facebook messenger year but she had my number so if you want to my ex is having my number so if you yeah. really want to get in talk <laughs> you can send me a text um, but, I ain't blocked you I, yeah I ain't blocker I, I don't block people I like to know who I'm ignoring no I'm not a block well I don't ignore me most times like Never mind. That's a whole other. Yeah, we go go to we go. Screw, screw, we can friend. we can go there next. All right. <laughs> um, but I think so. Like I try, I tried doing that for like, and I, I lasted about like forty eight hours, right? And it, like co- comparatively to your two months, that's embarrassing, right? But I, I lasted forty eight hours. To be fair, in the last two weeks, I've like totally been back on Instagram. So I didn't last the entire two months. I've I haven't been on Twitter in at all in two months. And then when I first got off of social media, I deleted everything but Snapchat, mm-hmm. just because I wanted to take pictures. And I realized I wasn't posting anything, so there was no need for pic. So then I deleted that, and then I had everything deleted. But then I got back on Instagram, which is probably like the one that I need to delete the most. <laughs> we always so. go, we always go back. So like for me, and so even when I was at I was at the cabin this weekend. And no service, right? Like, service was, you know, gone. The Wi-Fi, because there's 20 people trying to get on it, trash. So, like, I just remember, like, I started playing, like, games on my phone because it was, like, I was so used to, like, pulling out my phone, checking social media, checking, and it was like, nope, nigga, you ain't got service. How many times we can tell your dumb ass? You ain't got <laughs> Go service. enjoy the people you're around. <laughs> like, and it was like, and we, and we were, but it was just like, part of me was I had to be on my phone because I was controlling the music, so it was like, all the music was... You were <laughs> trying so hard. <laughs> Hey, 10 of y'all need to get off the Wi-Fi, my nigga, trying to play the joints. <laughs> See, luckily, I figured, probably figured there's going to be some bullshit. So I downloaded, so you downloaded a whole yeah. bunch of songs. So I was like, and still people still asking me for what's like, nigga, I can't do shit. <laughs> I am not your local DJ, okay? <laughs> and even the local DJs don't listen to your ass. But, um, DJs hate when you ask them to play songs. Yeah, because they got a plan. Like, gotta... Listen, I'm helping you out. Sometimes you don't know the mood you need to be setting. <laughs> but, um, and so... I look at it because it was like, even then, it was like, I felt like I came back into civilization. I got like, 
couple different alerts. I'm like, oh, this shit's happening while you're gone. But you know the one thing that fucked me up? Boy, and I think maybe I, told, I was like, boy, I came back to not a single solitary missed text message in that two, in that two days. I was like, You did not? Boy, when I tell you, ain't hey, a single motherfucker hit Not my, a group chat? N- nigga, not, not like, gr- I don't count group me as like. Uh, not group me. I mean, your yeah, group chats. Not a single solitary thing. I was like, I'm glad I was around people that could verify that I was alive. <laughs> and part of it, I think maybe I was like, all right, I'm, I'm here this weekend. And maybe people just knew not to hit me up because they knew I wouldn't get it. But I was like, y'all, mother-. I was like, I felt like Denzel to in a train day. Well, well, well mother- if it makes you feel better, <laughs> I drunk text someone Sunday morning, Saturday night and said I miss you. And they didn't text me back. Ooh. They texted me back yesterday. Oh. That's it. No. But yes, they texted me back. So it was like, but it was, I mean, it's more so it's like, yeah, drunk text messages have, are like that. Um, how did um, 007 used to get messages like this message was self-destruction in 10, <laughs> in 10 <laughs> seconds? Boy, you got about tw- you got about 10 minutes to respond to any text I send you after after 11.30 p.m. Or when you, if you try to respond back in the morning, I am no longer that person. I am delivered. <laughs> <laughs> I am delivered from whatever I, I asked you or told you at that moment. Now, me sending I miss you text is kind of like my way of saying, like, hey, What's is your dick available? Wait, put your dick on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> what about me? No, I said, no, put, put your dick on the phone. Put your, dick, put your pussy on the phone. I don't want to talk to you. I want to talk to her. He knows that, though, so <laughs> that's why he was like, um, bitch, please. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things where, I, I'm, I'm, it's going to be a constant struggle for me. I think I've, I've accepted that. I've accepted it's going to be hard for me to not compare. I think you do need to take a solid break. Like, not a kind of break. You need to take a solid break and just, like, reassess. Kind of, like, just take take some time. Not even, like, you don't have to do what I do. I do everything to the extreme. <laughs> that's but a Scorpio. You, that's the Scorpio in me. Scorpio I do literally you. everything. If I'm going to love you, I'm loving you to the extreme. If I'm going to hate you, I'm hating you to the extreme. <laughs> And I, but I think do it for like a solid week though, and just like reassess. Yeah, I think so. But again, I think I, I'm gonna try that. But a part of it again is like when I go into those isolation modes where I don't want to talk to nobody. Mm-hmm. If I do that while I'm also also not on social media, that can get real. Cause like that can get real dangerous and it's like I have to if I'm going to do it, I need to have a plan as far as like what am I going to do to make sure my mind is occupied. During that time frame. And that, that's what scares me. Because, like, I don't mind. It's, it, my mom always tells me that I don't mind is the devil's playground. Where it's like, if you if you have too much time to think about shit, you're going to end up thinking about some shit you don't need to think about. And so, that's part of the reason is to make sure my mind is active so I don't trail towards that, towards that end. Because I've had before and it's gotten scary. So, I don't want to do that. And so, I course correct by doing what I'm doing, what, what I'm doing now. And then you're also like, what the? And there's a happy medium somewhere. I just haven't found the shit yet. <laughs> we working on it, though. If y'all got tips, holla at me. I need God's all of working them. on all of us. Yeah. Any other thoughts before we get into the next portion of this? Mm, no. Take a break if you need it. Don't feel ashamed. Don't let people bully you and saying that social media doesn't matter because... It can. It very much so can. It reminds me of that Tyler the Creator tweet. It was like, he was like, how the fuck is cyber bullying even real? Just close the screen. <laughs> and it's like, but 
again, it's a little bit of a disconnect, right? Because for our generation and anyone younger than us, this is what we know. Like we've like this this is like what we know. This is we've communicated primarily through technology and online with all of the people closest to us since two thousand two. This is and so yeah, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. That, yeah, that's bullshit. Cause like, and people are just a ter- and people are terrible people. And you give terrible people technology, they will find newer, better ways to be terrible people. Are you want to talk about terrible people? Let's talk about it. The guy who sent those those pipe bombs. Mm-hmm. There was a black uh, journalist, and he was sending threats to her, including one of saying he was going to send a bomb threat to her. He. Jack Dorsey, which I don't understand why you guys are still on Twitter. Jack, she sent tweets to Jack. Jack sent her back one of them automated ones and was like, he doesn't violate the Twitter, blah, blah, blah. He sends out all those bombs to all these legislators. Come to find out it's the same guy that was sending her threats. That's called giving terrible people a platform. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Twitter's become too ingrained. Twitter's also become, almost become too big to fail. You know how those banks were too big to fail back in 08? Where we had to, like, save them because if they, like, were under that. Because your money were in it? Yeah. But now y'all learn to, I hope y'all diversify your portfolios and you have your money in different banks. But, like, the same thing where it's, like, t- unfortunately, Twitter gets us news faster than our news people do. Anybody only has the rights to have as much success in your life as you give to it. So to say that Twitter is too successful or, like, it can out whatever is not completely true. It's a matter of building a new platform and putting the same energy that you are into maintaining Twitter. No, no. And, I mean... what that fiasco that was blitter, right? Where 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 the motherfucker went? He week. had a mental breakdown, so that's different. You know what I'm saying? But it's like also that website is still a thing. Hey, he, um. Anyway, but <laughs> I, um. But yeah, I mean, if you don't like it, if you don't like something, build build a new something. I I agree with that. Uh, however, until someone whoever has the time, the money, the resources, and the manpower to build that new something. Twitter's too big to fail. Like, Twitter started at what, 09? We're in 2018. So Twitter's only nine years old, right? But it's grown exponentially. Um, and it's still small potatoes compared to Facebook. You know, Facebook, if it was a country, it'd be the third large, largest country in the world. So I think you just, um, it's hard to, because Jack Dorsey, right? That's the Nessa's last name, right? But Jack He's shown he don't give a flying fuck about like right. That man is a white supremacist him his damn self. Like, so you just kind of have to. If I had the mental ability to like start the next Twitter, I you know I I would. I don't. Someone's already working on it. So, whoever that person is, peace and blessings too. And I hope that they I hope that they create their goal. I hope they reach that goal. I don't think I'll ever rejoin Twitter. It's too negative. Yeah, and one thing I, I I've one thing I have gotten more use out of in order to kind of bridge the gap is the mute feature. Like there's certain like shit you I just be muting everything. And you know what that's I will mute shit I don't want to see. Like if I like 
Like, if I feel like I don't want to see, hear y'all talk about Nikki and Cardi for the millionth time, I'm going to mute by all that shit because it's my right. So, there we go. Um, next, What's next up? Um, what impact do you want to leave this world before you die? I don't trust any of you niggas. So. When I die, I'm taking all of my thoughts with me. Shut the fuck up. Damn it, Stephanie. We had a solid 47 minutes of you not doing no fuck shit. We, I thought we was going to get for the entire episode. Oh. I, I literally was like, oh, we doing good. Nope. So you don't, wanna, you don't want any lasting impact as far as If like, I have children, that's all that matters to me is if I make an impact on my children. If not, then no. I think... A bigger part of why I've been struggling a lot this year is feeling like this world is not a good place to bring children into, which is a bigger reason why I've logged off. Because being always connected, I'm going to constantly think I can't have children because there's always going to be some other news article that always says something about the planet dying or, you know, birthrights not being given at birth. That's a new one. Thank God I could still sign up to be a citizen of Jamaica. Shout out to immigrant parents. Um, but I had to log off, really, to regain the idea that I could become a parent. And it'll be okay if I get pregnant and I bring a child into this world. But thank God for birth control, too. Um, so, no, as far as, like, having an impact on the world, sure, like, wake up and be a good person. But as, like, really wanting to have an impact, it's the children. Like, I think I do everything now in life for my future children so that's it okay um yeah i mean the children i think for me was is um i don't want to say automatic but it's more so because i mean it's not automatic for me to have children i'm not guaranteed to have children right like it's not it's not a thing but you want to do some you want to make sure that if you do have children that they become good people I think that's the biggest impact. Like, like I think about the mothers and fathers of like the like the infamous serial killers, or like you know the infamous people in the world who've like just gone down and done like just you know disgusting things. Or like, for example, Ray Caruth's son, um, and that like what he what he's gone through and what he has to continue to go through now that his father's out of prison. Like, I just think about like. Have that type of mentality like how does, how does that grandmother is a fucked up individual what she do like i mean she uh, wants rights to see the child and she doesn't think like she her whole thing was my son's being sent to prison and i can't believe this is happening to our family and basically like not really acknowledging the fact that your son, son is responsible for this entire thing right and then being like well so the kid's old enough to, like, yes, make, he has cerebral palsy, but that doesn't mean decisions. he's brain dead. So he can make his own decisions. At one point, the other grandmother who was raising him was going to take him to the prison to see and spend time with his father. Last minute, the child decided he didn't want to do that. No, and he doesn't also spend time with the other grandmother either because of her actions after the case. So then she, like, now that her son, like, his name is back in the news, here she comes out publicly saying, like, oh, like, we're going to fight a case, so which I don't know how you're going to do that with a fucking 19-year-old, but sure, wants to start up some case to, like, basically court-ordered time. 
Yeah, he nineteen. And now. he's nineteen. He doesn't. He's an adult. He like ain't literally, do a damn you thing. shot and killed my mother, and then because of you, I have cerebral palsy. Kick rocks. And I like, like the yo. I mean, I understand. Like he, like he served his debt to society, like through the legal sentencing. But how? I don't know how the fuck he's out. Like, does that make sense? Like, yeah, it still feels like that nigga should still be in jail. Yeah, but like, (laughs) he served his debt to society. Like, he he served the sentence that the judge and the jury gave him. So I'm, you know, he by law, he should be free. But it's like, I remember that story when it was first happening. It doesn't seem like it's that long that the motherfucker could just walk out. Like, the kid's 19, so this happened maybe, like, 20 years ago. It's like, well, shit. How the fuck he get out? But, just like, I didn't think I'd ever see OJ out of jail again. (laughs) Like, I thought, like, here the fuck we are. And he's still fucking around with white women. This motherfucker will never learn. Um, but, Back to my impact, right? So it's like, why does Tristan Thompson's first baby mother, mother of his child, dress like an old friend dresser? And that's the best way I could put it. That girl's style is, I don't know, it's not it. Maybe that's why she. Maybe that's why he left her. Well, no, she left him eventually. No, I, well, we can't speculate. Yeah, we, Either way, that nigga was cheating, and they decided at some point that she was just going to be a single mother. And now he cheat. Now he cheat. Now he cheat. No clue. He the reason LeBron left. I believe. I truly believe the Kardashian curse. LeBron Does he even the, play for Cleveland anymore? Who LeBron? No. Tristan. Yes. I know LeBron. Don't. I mean, I don't. I don't want to assume. I thought you was asking. Like you, you football's your sport. I know that sport's driving me nuts. Because you like defensive tackles. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but um, yeah. But I think I I want uh, even if I don't have children, I want I want to be able to leave something that the next generation can use for good. Whether it's philosophy or, you know, building or just, like, a blueprint for, like, how to, you know, whatever. I want to be able to leave something that the next generation can use for good. I think that's what my legacy will be. Um, earlier, like, earlier in my, like, a young adulthood life, I had this really arrogant thought, like, because um, you know how certain people, some people get killed, some people get assassinated. I was like, I want to be so important enough that if someone shoots me, it's an assassination, right? Real arrogant shit. Exactly. I was like, because certain people get killed. But if you're important enough, they don't say you got killed. They say you got assassinated. So my warped up, fucked up head was like, I want to be so important that if, for God forbid, if I ever died, I ever got shot, it would be considered an assassination and not just a regular killing. I've grown from that because that was like 18, 19, 20-year-old me. Um, That's how I, like, I used to think, like, the only way you could be successful, like, like establish massive amounts of wealth or fame is if you had gone through some, like, type of trouble in your life or, like, some type of hardship. But clearly, you got motherfuckers who were born on third base and thought they had hit a trouble. But, yeah, so now it's like I want to be able to leave something behind. And I think part of it was, um, I mean, I had that realization maybe like when I came back home, I was like, look, man, like I want to, I want to do so much. I want to be, I want to do something where my absence is felt. 
Like you don't just not just you recognize my presence when I'm here. I want, I want to be something, somebody who you recognize when I'm gone too. And that's and I was like, that's something I want to make sure I'm continuing to work towards. As far as in my life. <laughs> Someone dressed up as James Charles with that bad makeup for Halloween. <laughs> I'm gonna pretend like I know who. Oh, you've oh. seen this meme at least. <laughs> what? What? Why? Yo, I saw who did I saw? I saw a couple people dressed up as Poetic Justice, um, Tupac and Janet. This uh, there were a lot of Will Smiths and Hillarys this year. Um, I, saw, I mean, how many black? If I had a dollar for every Black Panther inspired <laughs> costume I saw, I was excited to see the people who dressed up as Killmonger before he got to Wakanda in like that outfit. That was cute. But you know how long this year is? I, bro, Black Panther came out this year. And it was like, like fam, it feels like Black Panther is like two years old. And it came out in February. This year going by at a glacier pace, it feels like. Um, but <laughs> That's yeah. okay with me. Yeah, a lot of Black Panthers, a lot of Shuri's, um, a lot of Killmongers. Um, well, then again, the Killmonger, all you need to do is some fake dreads, some fake dreads. Some glass, some buffs, and a, a jean jacket, and you're good. Um, what else did I see? A lot of, yeah, those are the main ones, and then you got the normal ones like everybody, everybody gonna have a nurse, everybody gonna have a, that, that the sexy police officer. Look, I encourage it. I'm not the slush shame type, man. Live, be whatever sexy version of whatever you want to be. You got a, you got a friend in me. Niggas is still gang affiliated. Yes, you fought. You fought gangbanging that out. <laughs> Dang, I know we were still living to be a blood. Niggas, say nigga, blood. Niggas will do anything for acceptance, and it's just a matter. It's just a matter of who gives them that acceptance first. Gang affiliation, fraternity, sorority, group of friends, opposite sex, same sex, whatever. People. The, the most addictive drug is attention and acceptance. I mean, yeah, crack, meth, all that is like solid second place, but niggas will do anything for attention and acceptance. Think about it. Shorty went on Dr. Phil with with all of that struggle-ass hair for what? Attention. <laughs> and to be accepted by some folks. And she will get neither, unfortunate. Like, attention, money... Morals, it all kind of collides and what are you willing to do to get X? But we got a final topic here before we get out of here. Um, What red flags do you look for when you first either meet a person online or meet a person in person? I think that's a good way to kind of end it off. Make sure we get one. Wait, what do you what, like? What type of like? What shit do you look for? Like, whether you're meeting someone on like Tinder or Bumble or whatever online app, or you're meeting someone in person, is like, mm, nope, can't do it. Like, nah, fam, this ain't gonna work. Like, for example, one of mine is I don't do people who have more than one kid. Like, if you have one kid, cool, I can do one kid. If you got two or more, ah, can't do it. Um. The second one, I don't, and this is more for online purposes. It's like, 
If all your shit's headshots, I can't do it. I don't care what your body is. I care that you're not confident in it. Like, if all your shit headshots, that's showing, that's showing me that you have that insecurity. And I'm not, I, I can't be the one to help you through that because that's something that you got to work with on your own. Um, third one, at least for online, or if you still, it's just, you know how you can tell certain people ain't never had, not, have never had anything like good in their life as far as like, they still have that small hood, hood ass mindset. Am I making sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I, could, if I feel like you have that small ass hood ass mindset, I can't go. So those are my example, a couple of my examples to kind of under, kind of help you understand what I'm seeing. <coughs> I ain't really got any of them. You ain't got them. no red flags. No, like uh, most people probably date like with the intent of ending up in a relationship, and I kind of just date to date. It's a little different. Also, which brings me okay. So listen, Linda. Last week, like four times last week, I ended up having a conversation like where people were like we left here, we went to happy hour, and then that's when it came up. Then I was talking to my therapist, and she was also talking about it. And then Friday, it came up two other times. But we were talking, well, whatever. Anyways, so people were like asking me like the whole idea of marriage came up and I you know me like oh I'm like not interested and at first like I used to say it not have really having like a retort as to why I was saying it but knew like all I can go is based off of my feeling like the way people feel towards marriage I just know I feel the opposite Hmm. not really like having a reasoning behind it just like the way people want to I just don't like it just doesn't exist for me and the funny thing is every time I say this the the response is always you don't know that and it's like okay well if you know you want to get married who are you to say that I don't know I don't want to fair fair point fair anyways um last night I was watching the red talk table have you watched I haven't watched part two I've watched part one I think part two is better than part one because part part one is more like, I don't know, like I've always adored Will Smith and Jada Pinkett separately and as a couple. But you saw like through the talks that they were having how like he does have a sense of like, I have this this idea that I want for my family or whatever. And he tried to mold his entire family into that idea. And you can tell like he's still unprocessing that. And even now, like, he has these slight tendencies where Jada would be talking and he'll over-talk her. But I don't think he does it on purpose. He just doesn't realize that he has a tendency to do it. Also, with, I mean, Will Smith is always, 99% of the rooms that Will Smith walks in, he's going to be the most, either, either the biggest star or the most charismatic star in the room. Right. And so with that, it comes with, like, a, a certain gravitas. And I'm saying it's like, even I'm nowhere near Will Smith. I'm saying there's certain gravitas when you always, you're always the quote unquote life of the party, when you're always that, like the person with the brightest aura, they kind of just accept that and be like, and, and people naturally defer to you for most times. But Jada, if anyone knows how Jada Pinkett works, Jada don't divert to nobody. Jada, Jada, like, and. But through that talk, she realized, and she said, like, during our marriage, I did. I became a shadow of you too. And so I think, and, and so 
Will is one of those that he's actively, like you said, actively learning. Even with Willow, for example, like he had an idea like Willow's gonna be this child star. And then she said, "I'm done," and he was like, "Wait, what, what the you? fuck?" And then, <laughs> and, and then then Willow cut off her all of her hair, and he was like, "Oh, oh you're done, you're done, done." Let's go home. Yeah, but it was just so interesting watching that, and then it was beautiful how like they said one they took divorce off the table and i know a lot of people take divorce off the table but like she was like listen if you got to have a partner on this end of the house and i got to have a partner on this end of the house we still going to be in the, under this end of, like in this same house right and most people can't actually make that promise but there's a different like not to say there's anything wrong with divorce but most people aren't making that promise not to divorce or saying it and not being able to Fully committed, mm-hmm. even, but even Will said he wasn't. He wasn't going to divorce from his first wife. His first wife had to divorce, divorce him. him. So even if the only way their marriage was ending is if Jada ends their marriage, like it's not going to be Will. Will's like, I grew up with divorce. I'm not doing that. Which is that's something beautiful in its own thing. Like somebody who's so devoted to continuously working on something, and I realize like in all the partnerships that I have endured so far. I have not endured somebody who won. Like, I've always been the will of my, like, situations where I'm always ready to work on it, always willing to fit in. But then I've also been the Jada in those same situations where I've always been the one who willingly played shadow to the people that I'm dating. So where I am now, like, I'm so – I've found solitude and comfortability in being by myself, but I don't – I haven't figured out how to mirror being by myself with being with a partner. Right. Right, and I think I I struggle with that. So, like, mind you, I'm I don't I'm a, I'm definitely it's almost like I'm allergic to commitment. I'm definitely afraid. Like, my longest committed this is you, this is me together type shit's been six months. Now, situationships have I have several plethora plethora situationships. I know those so well. Like long term, like motherfucking year long situationships. Like, but there was like never any like solidified commitment. Never. We can both attest to that. And so, and so for me, like I look at, and I truly don't think that I've ever had a woman who was who was committed to me, quote unquote, but also had an active. I'm going to say this, who like, you know how, like how Jada was like, we're going to make each other better. Right. I don't think I've ever had, I've ever had that. Where you've had a partner who, where you guys both decided you were making each other better. Like, yeah. Like, Same. Where it's like, all right, we, we, this, we working on this shit together type shit. Like I'm going to, I'm going to help elevate you. You're going to help elevate me. A lot of it was, well, what can you do for me? Not what can we do, do for, for each, each other. other. And that's, I think maybe that's why I'm so hypersensitive to the whole, you need to do X, Y, and Z for me if we together. Like, I have no problem giving that to you. I have a problem when I give that to you and I don't get sh- anything. But another another aspect of the two, though, is if you're giving something, you should never give with a thought of receiving. You really have to give from, like, the heart yeah which i think that's hard for a lot of us especially once you've endured some type of hardship as far as dating somebody and it keeps happening and you're giving yourself and it keeps happening and eventually like you can't give from an empty cup so what is replenishing you and like i think it's kind of hard especially with the millennials and that instant gratification is like well 
if I'm giving, I also need to be replenishing. And that's why I find it's more important to like figure out how to be whole by yourself. So I know like for me, marriage doesn't, it just, it won't work for me because a lot of times in marriage, we, we end up, once we sign that contract and we take those vows, we take vows of like roles, not partnership. And I think like, I can never find the words for it, but all I've ever seen of marriage in general, like across the board, is it's always been dull, kind of like the picture do, has always been a role. You do this, I, I do, do that. that. This is for you and this is for me. And I don't think I can never commit myself under the signs or, you know, marriage unless it's something like Jada was saying, like in this part two, she says, we stop calling ourselves wives and husbands and start calling ourselves partners. And I know for me, I cannot even commit to a relationship until I feel like I'm looking at another individual and being deemed their partner and not their girlfriend. Their girlfriend or this. And I think there's something more sacred to that. And I know like a lot of people are like, oh, she's always going on dates or oh, she doesn't know how to be by herself. But I do know how to be myself because I have done it. And I've done a lot of like, reflection and work in the last couple of years to made me comfortable with being by myself. But right now I'm like, okay, like I'm somewhere in between where I don't necessarily want to like not date, but I don't, I'm, I can't commit myself because I know I haven't found what I'm looking for. But even like at the top of the year, I couldn't say that I haven't found what I was looking for because it was still trying to fit myself in the role of something that it was supposed right. to be. But now as a closing out this year, like I'm realizing like I'm dating people who don't live up to what I need. And so I think, like, I, I mean, if 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 situationships don't count as quote unquote being by yourself, right? I haven't been in a committed relationship in a going like three and a half years. Where, and so, the idea, shit, I don't even like talking to the same person every day. Like at this point, like I don't like talking. Like if there's seven days in a week. There's at least one of those days where I'm not going to feel like talking to anyone or at least talking to that person. Not because I got no, not because I don't like him, not because, but just because it's like I need time by myself. And I've learned, and I think the difference between men and women in this aspect of it is that, like, if I don't want to be by myself, if, if, I, if I want to be by myself, there's no one who's going to stop, stop me from being by myself. If you want to be by yourself, there still might be some niggas like, what you doing? Can, where you at? Can, can I pull up? But what? there's still nobody that, like, if I truly want to be by myself, I'm strong. Like, you, you, you could say no. Yeah, like, and that's nothing for me. And, yeah. like, it's just no. I don't even, I don't have, because it's like, if I don't ask, if I don't make effort to be around people, I don't have to be around people. Like, people will just, I'm in the house. <laughs> and then, like, that's it. And so I think, for me, where I'm at, and it's more, it's like, it's a little bit of a middle ground where it's like, yeah, it would be nice to have, quote-unquote, someone that I could, like, count on, depend on, whatever phrasing I want to use. But I still, I know that, I'm A, I'm still working on who I am and mm-hmm. what, I, what, what the actualized version of me looks like. And B, I'm, I'm not to the point where I need to be around someone seven days a week. And I don't know if I'm ever going to get to that point. If you could be around... The same person. But maybe that's something to explore, right? Like, 
what is your parameters of what a relationship looks like for you? And I think like we're we are lucky to be in this time right now and being alive and experiencing people because we're redefining what it means to yeah to, to reason, relate to others. A reason I've been okay with long distance relationships, like because. <laughs> And I, maybe that's just like that's what a relationship is for you. Like I've been okay with I own oh, only I, on the weekends. Me and like I joke. I'm like oh like well it's not a joke for me honestly. Like I think a part of me is like I need to be able to at least say I have like a room. Like if I'm gonna be living with somebody, I don't think I can g- genuinely like live and sleep in the same bed because I've never like. In all my years of dating and sleeping in beds, I've never been able to comfortably get a good night's rest next to somebody just because the fact that a being is there. Insert anyone just because somebody is there. So I'm like, I just, I know, like, for me, that's not going to work. Like, I don't mind being with you, but I want to sleep in separate rooms. It's going to be hard to find somebody who's going to agree with that, but I know that's who I am at the end of the day. I mean, same, like, there's... Whenever. But I think that's also why I like long distance relationships because it'd be like for a week or a weekend at a time. Like I, I, do, I can that, do this for a weekend. I can do that for a week or a weekend, and then I know like I get to go home and be in my bed by myself for X amount of time too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're similar because like I've I've noticed like I've never gotten a good night's rest. Like 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 even like I got to be either really tired or really drunk for me to sleep like soundly with someone in the bed. Like I don't, I'm, I like to move around a little bit. Like there have been times where I like, like to sleep in the middle. In the middle, you know what I'm saying? You like, could tell, like my mattress. I have new mattress, but still the dents are in there because I sleep in the middle of the bed. Um, and like in the middle, and balled like, up, stretched out. And I mean, <laughs> even with a couple people, like we would, we would, we would get done, and she, she, because she would voluntarily like, I'm gonna, go, I'm, I'm gonna sleep on the couch. You take the bed, I'll sleep on the couch. I'm like, all right, cool. Just not a natural cuddler. That's not you know my saying? thing. It was, it was like it was like we would cuddle for like five, ten minutes, and it was like, all right, go ahead. She would either leave or go, or go to the couch, and I'd be like, you know what? All right, cool. Not to say that I, whatever. Even that, like, I'm not like always like a like cold hearted person, but it's more like if we're sitting on the couch, even then, I'd probably take like. <laughs> I do have a tendency to like sit on the other end and niggas would be like You you got that you lose like that one girl who who just sat on the bed for the first time coming over like No, but that I'd be comfortable, but I'd be like balled up, like legs up on the couch on the like over here, like just chilling and niggas be like, So you just gonna I think use. I think I, I think it's different. okay, so like I think that takes time. To get used to, like if someone did that, like the first time we hung out, I'm like, you, you, you know, oh, she's not that comfortable. Like you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, all right, cool, cool, cool. And it's like a couple times, like, all right, this is. But then, like, you start to realize, okay, this is who you are. This has nothing to. This has nothing to do with me. But a lot of times, like, I think that's the other part that I, I'm kind of coming to is like a lot of times in how we relate to others and like how we move and things. Like, I don't communicate with everybody every day. Because I don't think it's necessary. Like, we could just spend time together. Or I'm not going to be, like, the girl who's all up underneath you and wants to call. That's just not me. And I'm not giving up my life to, you know, coexist in yours. Like, I feel like we can have totally separate lives. And when we want to come together, like, that's when we come together. One of my, um, somebody told me, because it was, like, I like I hate when niggas leave me on or some shit. And so I asked her, like, have I ever done that to you? Like, have I ever led you on? And and she was like, no. We just summon each other when we need to. And I was like, 
fair enough. Like it was like it was gonna be like I, you never let me on, but it's like when we needed each other, when one person needed the other, we just like hey, like what you doing? Um, and I think that's intimacy doesn't look the same for everybody, and I think we need to we need to stop pretending like it does. Oh my god! I just figured out my lesson for Venus retrograde, and I think I just came to it on this show. Okay. Okay. Snaps for you. Yeah. No, it's the moment of clarity. These are like there's two more days. It's today and and I believe tomorrow. Are the last days of Venus retrograde being in Scorpio. Then it goes back into Libra until it comes out of retrograde November sixteenth. I know when I start talking astrology, this is like a whole bunch. Of, but I think my, I just my had eyes like over. I just had like the aha moment of it though. Hey man, I I can't keep up with what's in retrograde okay. and what's not in retrograde. I just allow y'all. I just allow y'all to kind of just tell me, and then I'll be like, if it makes sense, I'll be like, see, I knew it. And if it doesn't make sense, I'll just ignore it. Because, like, I I don't, again, I don't think my brain has enough mental capacity for me to fully dive deep and understand, like, astrology. And so I'm not, I don't. I just don't try. Because it's like, I have, a, my brain is like, look, nigga, we already got a lot of things on our plate right now. <laughs> well, I don't know if we can add, well, we got too much dip on the chip, big fella. So, God. I'm glad you figured it out. Anything else we got to touch on before we get the fuck out of here? No. All right. This episode will release Friday. Oh. Vote, niggas. That's exactly what I was about to say. This episode will be released on Friday. So by then, you know, you have a couple of days to get it together and figure out who you're voting for. If you guys are still kind of iffy on who you, which candidates you would like to put your vote behind, I came across a good website today called Ballot. Opedia. Mm-hmm. Um, it's currently a, on Friday's episode. When this releases on Friday, I'll put it on my Instagram story again. You can find it there. It's Bo Bo Bro B O B E A U B R E A B R E A U X. It will be in the link as well. <laughs> so it's See, easier my, to find. My Instagram name is so easy. To I know. <laughs> But I really, really want you guys to get out and vote. It's so important. Our trans sisters and brothers and uh, non-binary people need us. Trump just came in an interview today and said that citizenship shouldn't be a birthright. Um, The deportation of immigrants and how many kids don't know where their parents are, vice versa. I mean, there's so many things that this administration has done to really dehumanize America that we it is important to get out there and put your voice out there and make a vote behind the people that you would rather see talk for you. And to think that your vote doesn't count is the stupidest thing. (laughs) Asinine. That's what I was going for. Because the way the government goes about trying to suppress voter rights you can't tell me that your vote doesn't matter. So please just be informed about the people that you put your vote behind on Tuesday or whenever you choose to vote because a lot of people are doing early voting. I'm also doing early voting because I, because I just I don't you don't you never know. Like, I'm off on Tuesday, so I got all day. I got all day to stand at that poll from seven thirty in the morning till seven thirty. I think. What's that? Also, another another website is a vote. 411.org. Uh, or you can go to your board of elections and they can give you a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Ballot, sample ballot. Yeah. But like vote for, vote for vote411.org, if you type in your address, not only will it tell you your local polling place, but it'll also tell you every, it'll also tell you everybody who's on your specific ballot and it would, and if you want, it'll compare 
their positions on several key issues uh, to relative to the position that they are that they are they are running for. So to allow you to make a informed decision, and that's all I I really want is for people to vote and for people to make informed decisions. And for those who say like, well, you tell me to go vote, why don't you tell me who you know why who to vote for? That's not my job. It's not my position to tell you who do you for who you should vote for. However, <laughs> though, however, black women do vote in their best interests, and it might be good to listen to a black woman. I ain't gonna argue with you. We've we've been done. We've been doing. We've been done real good today. <laughs> so all I'm gonna say is don't unilaterally listen to anybody. But but listen if you need listen to people you trust. Um, if you don't, you know, Google informed is informed people you trust. Informed people you trust. Google is a free resource. There are a couple different websites out there who will do who will inform you. That way you don't have to in one spot. You don't have to go and reach out and do do some shit. And 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 point of the matter is. 25% of the American population voted for Donald Trump, and he is affecting 100% of the American population with his decisions. That's scary. because So if you want, uh, if you want a representative voice, you have to do what our Constitution and what the system is set up for you to do is to vote. And that's pretty much it. Steph said everything else. That I don't need to repeat it. Look, niggas. Vote. I'm sick of y'all shit. <laughs> All right. Please, we're literally begging you. Please just vote. Please. And be informed when you do so. Use the resources. We'll leave them in the link in the bio. Also, if you're listening to this episode, as always, screenshot it as you're listening. Put it in your Instagram bio. Tag us. Tag the podcast. Use the hashtag. We love you. And we out. Peace. A second shift production.